We are back with episode six, Still Here. In today's episode, we'll break down highlights from our first series win, then discuss why it's so hard for us to pick the series MVP. Despite all the hate, the Astros are giving us nothing to boo about. We're your hosts, Asi and Nana, and this is Lips. Hello, Asi. We're on. Yeah. And now, and now I know to answer immediately. <laughs> Because it's Zoom and not craziness. Right, how's, right. How's everything going? How are you feeling today from all these wins? Uh, I mean, it's exciting. It's super great. I, you know, there was there were a few nerves on Friday, you know, especially given all the booing we were hearing in the stands. I mean, it was super, super loud, but um, we started off 4-0 and head to Anaheim and hopefully get a good, good uh, jump on our division wins yeah. so yeah what about you it was it was awesome this these last four games even staying up late way past any kind of bedtime i would have ever had um it was totally worth it because it, it just seemed like the astros of yore that we've always loved right you know? it just they just kept going and it was but also not the astros of yore it was also like who's this team that scores in the ninth inning <laughs> yeah we didn't have that last year at all and then we, in 2019, I don't think, if we were losing by the eighth, we didn't have a single game where we came back and win, a.k.a. Yeah. Game 7 of the World Series. Yeah. So, not that we are ever behind in this series, but it was great to see them still applying, because you know, the A's can turn it on, so right. it was great and to the see A's, them. Yeah, and the A's last year were known for their winning mm-hmm. all their one-run one games. Yep. Yep. And, and they were known for their really good bullpen, which we didn't see that great of a bullpen from them this time. We did not. We did not. Former Astro Goudouin, <laughs> former Astro of the 2017 Astros, the team that is supposedly getting booed every day at that Coliseum. Um, he mm-hmm. really, I don't know if Goudouin, we're going to see him next week when we play the A's or again later in the season. Poor guy. I hope he figures it out. I really do. I think they said he made the team because um, what Rosenthal is out right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I'm sure it's just because of injuries that they, they don't look exactly. Well, they the said he had like a great, I mean, again, to prove that spring training doesn't necessarily really show anything. He supposedly had a great spring training. Yeah. And that was in addition to the injury. That was one of the reasons why they felt comfortable, not only putting him in the pin, but giving him the closer role. Mm-hmm. And he gave up multiple runs over two games in the ninth. So, you know, go best of luck to him, but um, yeah. It didn't work out this season series for him. Yeah. I like that today, game four, they had to end it with a position player. Pitching. Yeah, and he, he was like the best pitcher of the day for them. So he yeah, he was I was like when they put him in, I was like, Oh man, I'm kind of tired. Like, of course I'm always for more runs. It's the top of the our lineup. We're gonna probably hit and then we didn't hit off of him. So I was like, That's wow, good for you guy. Yeah. Way to go, Kai Tom. <laughs> yeah well so there are a lot to choose from but what was your favorite play from the weekend well I mean I guess first before that I'd do like a like add some other tidbits to the summary of you oh, yeah. know like um we scored what 35 runs to their nine runs um yeah. we saw up and down the lineup um guys with hits I think at the end of this series every single guy who started and I think even the guys who came in off the bench, because Garcia got a hit today. So every single guy mm-hmm. who hit 
in our lineup had a hit at some point in this season. Even Correa, Mr. 30 mil, who's not hitting so well right now. Um, you, uh, to me, uh, you, we saw uh, a lot of encouraging things. You know, some of our pitchers got into trouble early um, and they, they responded really well. Um, yeah. Yuli um, clearly showing that it's a good chance last season was a fluke. Um, he's done well. Belak today, all, you know, who did well at the beginning of last season and then not so well at the end, mm-hmm. end up being sent back down. He saved our asses today. We needed someone to eat the inning. He looked fantastic. Um, we had two debuts, Brian, Brian Abreu. No, Brian Abreu's been up before, right? Uh, yeah, not last year. Last year was okay. kind of a wasted year for him. But um, he's been up. He's pitched in a major league game before, right? I feel like, yes. He yes. Has. But he got his first win, and then Chaz McCormick, who made the playoff roster last year but never played, so he got his first hit, first homer. Um, and Alex Bregman, the hot start we, I've been begging for. Um, he, we made that very clear that he needed to have the hot start. And he, 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 he even with the day off, you know, you, you have a guy who's hitting well for two games. He gets the day off to be cautious about his hamstring. You worry, oh, are you taking him out of his rhythm? And I think he mm-hmm. had two hits today, maybe three. So yeah. all hard hit balls as well. You, you, that's something to look for as well as how hard off the bat the ball's coming. So um, that's been, for me, that's, I don't know if it's a favorite play, but I think that's my favorite thing about this weekend is Bregman starting off and that's really hard to say because I'm like no pick Yuli or pick pick Belak you know or, or pick um, the you know Alvarez running it's so so hard to pick but I'm gonna pick a Bregman with a hot start is my favorite okay. and most exciting thing of the weekend what about you what's your favorite piece it's, of this weekend yeah it's really hard to pick um I I do like that we had our a couple of starting pitchers just have to overcome Mm-hmm. so much trouble like we were talking about McCullers and then today Urquidy both of them had really long first innings and it mm-hmm. just it didn't look good at all it was like oh no what did we get ourselves into when does Odorizzi come back what does Bielek look like there were just so many questions after just their first innings but then they both seemed to settle down and pitch so well um it's it's hard for me to say what was my favorite part of this whole weekend it I want to say the offense, but also the pitching. So I'm going to go with smiles per game. That's <laughs> one of the, the commentators on TV are like, I think we're up on our smiles per game. They're SPP. That's so cute. That's so cute. Well, that, that's actually a good one to pick because I'll kind of lead us into our theme in a minute of the episode. But that's, I like that. That's a good one. Cute. Yeah. Like last year, you never, you didn't see Bregman celebrating in the, no. in the dugout. You didn't see any of the guys really smiling. Altuve just kind of looked off. This year he's smiling so much when he stole home or when he went home. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll definitely break that down into yeah. detail in a minute. But that was like, I mean, they're just they, they look like you said they look so familiar to yes. us, even with the new faces. It's definitely yeah. Astros baseball. Yeah. Who who has surprised you the most so far? Um. Hmm. Who has, Yuli, I think, has surprised me quite a bit. Yep, that's my Because I kept thinking, like, oh, he got his first hit. I'm so proud of him. Oh, wait, he got a second hit. Oh, oh my God, he hit home run. You know, I just kept going. Like, he, he right. got too many hits. Um, and so I was really surprised by Yuli. That would be mine. 
What about you? No, that's exactly who I was thinking because, you know, we all kind of suspected last season was a fluke, but there was a, con- the, part of why we we didn't feel as certain about it like we did with Altuvia Bregman is Yuli's 36. Right. You know, he hasn't been in the majors here that long, but he's had a long career in Cuba. Mm-hmm. And so if you can imagine, we didn't get, what, he was 30 years old as rookie season. So that's why we always talk about, imagine if we had Yuki. Uh, Yuli in his prime when right. he had been able to defect earlier. This right. is what this guy's right. done. So excited about Pedro Leon too is because right because he's, he's only twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So and yeah, he plays like Yuli. Yuli is his hero. But um, so we kind of all suspected he hurt his hand last season. He came out and said he was out of shape. But he did not have a great spring, which I know I just said you kind of ignore a spring, yeah, but yeah. you do hope to see guys figure it out and for them to slightly improve by the end. You kind of saw that with Bregman and, and Correa, although he hasn't carried it over. But yeah. I, I, when I was with you, when Yuli got his first hit, I'm like, great, awesome. Like, I don't know if I was expecting to see it because I think he got it game one. Mm-hmm. And like, that's fantastic, done. And then he just kept, I think he had like two, three hit games. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a single three-hit game last year the entire season. Yeah. Wasn't he on base yesterday? Wasn't he on base five times? Both him and Altuve, yes, because they both got three hits and, like, two walks each. And, like, Yuli is, what, seventh in the lineup, which is nuts. They're, like, that's the – like, if that's what he's – if he's going to – continue to produce like that that's your your seventh hole hitter is getting on base five times that's that's dangerous to any other team you know so Yuli's my surprise for sure I'm so that's that's a big boom for us yeah um I would also kind of I also want to um throw in Alvarez Mm -hmm. because he's the he's leading our team in RBIs right now (laughs) Um, did he finally pass Tucker because Tucker he and Tucker were tied I think, well, maybe not after today. Because yeah, Tucker had the homer. But Alvarez also brought in one or two. I, they, they're close. Yeah, they were close. But um, it was nice to see him pick up where he left off in 2019. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was really good to see. And to see him run, he run, he ran really well. I think that even though he had he got a couple hits, it wasn't until what, yesterday that he hit the homer? The yesterday yeah. the day. He did not hit it the first game. So even though he had got hits the first game, I think once everybody saw the homer, that's when everybody's like, okay, this guy's got his swing. He's, he's in his, his rhythm. Um, but to that note about them being tied for RBIs, like until today, Tucker had only had like one hit, but he had like five RBIs because he had all these sack flies, one which we'll talk about in a minute. So that's another thing is, is that, and same for Straw, you know, even though you know, taking walks um, or running out, you know, to make it to first and avoiding a double play. Like, they're finding ways to be productive even in their outs. You know, a guy who had until now, you know, what, two hits today and had like five or six RBIs, that's not natural for most teams. Like, you shouldn't be leading a content, like, at this point being one of the top AL hitters in RBIs, runs batted in. So, I guess I'll drop that for those, you know, learning still. That's how many guys you bring in home, yeah. you know. Um, so it's, a, it's an important stat. Um, so, even th- there are ways to get an RBI even if you're out, and that's what Tucker's done. Right. And that's great. That's what you want to see. You haven't quite found it yet, but you're still helping the team. And I think his lineup placement has helped him out a lot too. Yeah. In where he's batting. So I think he's been batting fourth, right? Yes. 
Yes. So he's been batting. It's Altuve. It was Brantley, um, Bregman, and then Tucker. So he's always had at least one guy on base. Right. I think that's helped him a lot. Um, I do think he'll have to adjust, though, because I would imagine Alvarez and Tucker will, once Brantley comes back, Alvarez and Tucker will switch. You can't have Alvarez batting sixth when he's hitting like that, especially if Altuve's been on – Altuve has scored, like, eight of our runs. Like, does the leadoff – normally your leadoff hitter is, like – that means the guys behind him are doing what they need to be. They're bringing him home, and that means he's getting on base. And – Alvarez is a little bit better at bringing guys home than Tucker is, so I think Tucker will be slotted six, which is fine. Yeah, I think he's going to be fine. If you look at our lineup through and through, it's just everyone can hit, and it's there's no pressure on one person. And we weren't seeing a lot of double plays. Nope. Um, I mean, maybe a few, but it wasn't terrible. Who it wasn't like the past two years, even no. in 2019. We, I think in 2019 we led in double plays. We did. It, it, it was deadly for us, clearly. So, yeah. So, I know we've talked a lot about how great this team is and how off, awesome the offense has been. Who has room to improve? The starting pitching. Yeah, aside from Grinky, um, all three, the other three guys. You know, McCullers, I did slander McCullers, but he came back and at least got us through five, which we'll discuss in a minute. But you got they, those guys got to pitch at least five, six yeah. innings. I know it's tough. I'm I'm hoping it's a lot of nerves. You know, yeah. you're Keating and Javier. It's their first kind of real opening day rosters. You know, they didn't play Javier didn't play in front of major league fans last year. Now you're getting booed. You know, but you you gotta you gotta find a way to you can eat through a hundred pitches and didn't even finish five innings. Normally, for those of you who are kind of trying to pick up things, if you're throwing a hundred pitches, you should be getting through like the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not it, it. It's we can't continue down that road. Belak saved us today. We're gonna need Garcia to go at least five, and Wednesday we'll have a day off to recoup. Right. Um. So that that's to me. I'm gonna. Ch- I mean, but even with that said for them struggling with their control, they still, you know, your Keating only gave up two runs. Right. You know. Same with McCullers only giving up one run. And I think Javier only also gave up two because then Brooks Mm -hmm. really gave up two, I think. So, Mm -hmm. you know, despite their struggles, they still found ways. But that's not going to fly when you play against the Yankees or the Dodgers. You know, it's going to be a different – you can't always get out of a bases-loaded jam like that you know so what about you who where do you think there needs to be some improvement in this next series I agree the starting pitching as well I thought the bullpen held it down um once they were given the ball I didn't think that they I don't think they did a bad job um I liked the fire that we saw in some of those guys like Paridi Paridi's when he got out of his own jam I am a little worried about him um Mm -hmm. I I need to see some of that passion turn into more strikeouts (laughs) And less walks on base, uh, or less walks total. Um, and yeah, I want McCullers to pitch better on the road. I know we talked about how he has such a really he has a, like a really good ERA earn run average at Minute Maid when he's at home, but then on the road it was like it's ridiculous. I, mean, I think the difference was like a 2.0 ERA versus a seven on the road. Yeah, um, so it's not great. It's it's definitely it's something that. It's following him, yeah. for sure. And it's something he needs to take care of. 
I thought maybe he could have, you know, like put his hair in a ponytail or something. Like maybe there was wind <laughs> in his hair. His pants were maybe too tight. I don't know. The but pants were, so like, as y'all know, I listen to the radio and then a watches. And yeah. then this was in the height of my McCuller slander the other day. I did, I did go back and say I was wrong, but I think I asked you, like, if, she, you know, I asked, and I was like, are you seeing anything? Like, does he look like he's, like, hurt or something? And then I said something like, no, he looks good. Next message. Something, like, going on with his pants, though. <laughs> he's always touching his pants. And then, uh. always, like, pulling was, his boxers, I guess. I don't know. He's just always tugging at something. <laughs> I, someone, you know, on Twitter, obviously, they post a lot of videos of the, of the, great place and so that's how I am able to get a see a lot of things and someone posted a video of him with a strikeout and I, I mean that's the first thing I saw like I was like oh man dude like are, are you in pain <laughs> like those are really tight pants like they were those were I was uncomfortable for him and I'm a woman so like I just like did they not tell the uniform guys that it's thick boy season and we need some looser pants <laughs> right exactly I don't well you know what color is always kind of lean toward tighter pants but um it, I guess they're going to tight enough to be because who's that one um Dodgers pitcher I think it's like Walker Bueller whoever it is and there was like his first game or something last season and like literally all of the questions afterwards were about how tight his pants are and he kind of snapped was like stop talking on my tight pants so I guess McCuller I guess that's not the standard because I don't think McCuller has got asked about his pants <laughs> he's gonna just keep shrinking them until somebody asks him about his pants <laughs> I would be concerned for him if he got those shrunk even one more time after how tight they already are i agree well so this was the first time really being in front of fans i think they said that the first game there were about ten thousand fans and then the games after that there were about five thousand or so you could tell from the crowd who they thought were cheaters um and they got booed pretty incessantly i think at one point somebody even yelled at korea you'll never be jeter which is kind of funny, but still. <laughs> I mean, I don't want him to. That guy is, I mean, there are rumors about that guy in his personal life, so already not you, wanting. Yeah. Do you think that that affected the team at all? Yes, in a positive way. Yeah. I think it's fueled them. I think, I mean, when Bregman got that three-run homer on game one and he pimped it, which uh, you normally I don't like when Bregman does because I feel like he hasn't backed it up in my head I was like this is when you pimp a homer and these guys are going so vicious at you and you just hit a three-run bomb like it was a no doubter as soon as the ball left the bat you knew there was no question mm -hmm. so no I think that they're 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 feeling it um you know Uncle Mike made a comment that you know, we've been in a World Series, we've been booed before, but we have each other's backs. And I think that's, to me, that's what I'm mostly seeing. That's kind of like our theme for today's show is just how, why, the reason why we're struggling to pick a best moment or a best player of the weekend is because the, it's really about the Astros, not one Astro player, you know, that's and amazing. that comment, when I saw that comment from Uncle Mike, to me, that really solidified how different this team is from last season of just like you lost Springer, you know, the talks going on about Correa in that Springer's they, they allows guys. I mean, Bregman's only ever known playing with Springer, you know, it, it's not easy. And, and you're sitting there saying, but we, we 
play for each other and for the city, you know? So, um, I, I think it has affected them, but in a, they've turned it into a positive for sure. I agree. It was, um, it was nice to see them be so resilient against it. I think, I think that they're going to see a lot of that, especially when they get to the Dodgers or, you know, anybody else that was kind of involved in it, but I don't, after seeing this weekend, it seems like it's not going to bother them. Oh, no. What? Did I freeze? You froze on my end. Froze? Yeah, but you're unfrozen now. Well, if there's a hiccup in the in the talk, we were just talking about being booed and how it didn't affect them. So let's <laughs> on we're going to get through this. Um, we are. But you're right. When, when Bregman hit that homer, I felt like it was, that was just a sign of how this is going to go. We're just going to keep playing our game. We're not going to care about getting booed. Um, and what was, <laughs> what's the new t-shirt? Are we pregnant? <laughs> oh yeah. Apollo Media made a shirt that says pregnant. And of course, and I was like, you need to wear this for two months straight. It's all the time you have left. Uh, it should be pregnant. Um, but I, I think like, the Astros have said that they are still the Astros. Yeah. And of course, last season didn't show up in the playoffs they did. And then of course, people wanted to say, well, you, you know, we got a losing record. You shouldn't have been in and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I think that for the Astros, nothing, none of this is surprising to them. They've always known that this is, this is how they were going to play this season. Um, so I think to me that also makes me feel better because there's not going to be like a big, you know, oh, they were over amped or over excited. They seem extremely calm, extremely, extremely calm in the games right now. And that's really good because to me, that tells me that this is expectation they had of themselves yeah. and they knew that they could do it. I think it, I think it makes them scarier. Yeah, because they're not so amped. I mean, what would they look like if they were amped? What would they look like if they were in a high pressure situation? How would they respond? I think I think we have nowhere to go but up. Um, For sure. Yeah, I you like know, the start I, I, too. What's that? The quick start that we've had. Usually, we'll win the right. first game and then lose like the next two weeks. So <laughs> right, exactly. Well, it's definitely helpful because you know, in this first week of playing um, Oakland, we play the A's, and then we'll go back to Minute Maid. Where we'll play Oakland again. Mm-hmm. Poor Oakland, they play the Dodgers next, and then us again. Uh, but yeah, I'm so sorry you for know, <laughs> we, I well, I, yeah. At first, I would, but now after what the fans are doing, I don't know anymore. I don't want to be. I don't want to be like that. But I was like, yeah, I don't know if I feel as bad as I would have. But like. You, the key to getting to the playoffs is to win the games you're supposed to win. I know that sounds silly, but like if you're playing a last place team, you are supposed to win that game. You are supposed to at least win that series because that's, that's it. You, you just get to October and there's so much randomness you deal with October then and whatever's going on with your team, but you need to win the division. You need to beat your division rivals. That's what you focus, you know, yeah, every now and then you'll play the Dodgers, play the Yankees. Of course, you want to play them well so you can gauge what might I face in October if we get there. But the most concentration needs to be put on win your division. 
beat your division rivals. So starting off this way and hopefully taking at least one, if not both, off of Anaheim, who I think are our biggest threats to the division title, mm-hmm. that is, to me, that's better than a 6-0 and record. Mm-hmm. Because if we had started off playing the Jays or the Orioles or something, yes, that's great, but, like, I now I have a better feeling of how I'm going to play the division, you know, where you're going to get, that's who you play the most. So that's where you get the most wins, you know? I agree. I don't think the Rangers are doing crap this year, are they? They're still the Rangers. I, they were saying on the radio that they started the, they were playing the Royals, I think, and they started the first two games, like, up, like, 5-0, and oh, like, super early on, and then they blew it. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think we expect and I don't think the Rangers are expecting to be any sort of threat here. Um, Rangers are so, one and two, um, and they're they're winning. Or they won today, so they're one and two. But they played the Royals, so it's, we're a little bit different team than the Royals. So. <laughs> um, I think the Angels. To me, this is the next two games are the ones that. I will maybe tell us a little more because their lineup is just, I mean, you got Trout, you got Rendon, you got Atani. That, that lineup is not like last place lineup. So it's, um, we'll have to, luckily we'll have Grinky on Tuesday and hopefully Uncle Mike will be back from his injury. But I mean, not just with Grinky, but you know, you mentioned McCullers, you know, so I think one, one thing too that's really important into this cohesion we're seeing is it seems like in 2017 Bregman a rookie it was what Correa's third season you know in, in, in the majors Springer also same um you, you know hadn't been in like a long time we were a lot younger team mm-hmm. you know our vet, our vets were Justin Verlander Brian McCann Brian McCann is retired right. Beltran has retired Verlander is injured and he's 37 you know Grinky's the only one Grinky's was like 18th season and you know I think Altuve's 10 years Brantley's 10 years but we're kind of now seeing the guys we grew up with in a way of this mm-hmm. dynasty, potential dynasty. They're now the vets. Right. And do you feel like, especially I think, you know, McCullers as a reference, do you, do you feel like that maturity is, is what we've been waiting for? Do you feel like that that's kind of like a big, maybe a big part of what we're seeing? I think, I think it is. I think that they've all learned um, that maybe spring training isn't where I work on something. Maybe spring training is just where I refine things. We're to that point mm-hmm. where they don't necessarily need to be learning a new thing every year. They just need to be refining it and figuring out how do I, what is, what should my weight be or how much muscle should I have to be a better batter? I think we're at that point with these guys, which is really nice to not have to work on mechanics as much or worry about their defense or worry about, you know, all these little minutiae things that have gotten in the way in their, in their past. Um, I think eventually their bodies will keep, will catch up to them, but I think we're at a good spot. I think we're at like a good spot to keep this dynasty rolling. What do you Yeah. Think? Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about what you just said. You know, now that, you know, you, you're at a point where you become so familiar with your game 
it's mm -hmm. easier to make adjustments or know what feels right. Um, you know, it, on the radio, they kept talking a lot about how far off of home plate Bregman was standing. So he's not standing super close to home plate like he was, I think, maybe last year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those types of things, to feel confident to start the season of making that adjustment says a lot about how much he understands his game yeah you know and, and and like you said adjusting with i mean obviously he's been this weight before but you weren't that you haven't played you know in almost two years with that weight on your body so to feel confident of i i i know what it it makes me think a lot of um i have this book about random baseball facts i think it was ted williams mm -hmm. and he was i think it was louisville probably um who, were, who was making his bats and he kept, and so at one point he got like a shipment of bats and he kept telling them something's off, something's off, like it's not right. And they were telling him, no, like, you know, it's the same wood, we've made everything the same, like there shouldn't be any difference. And so then he went and it turned out it was something like 0.47 grams off, like something so, like, I don't think I'm, I'm being that hyperbolic with what I just said, I'll try to look it up, but it was that tiny and he could feel it. And I feel, and that's what I kind of, what you just, with what you just said about them knowing their game so well. So then I guess he spent the day like helping them make the bats. Like he was picking out wood and like working with them because that's how he could just feel that much of a difference in it. And I think that's where, maybe that's why we were able to see McCullers who really honestly did not have good stuff, right. but yeah. still only give up one run, mm -hmm. you know, two hits you know, in five innings. Yeah. You know, it was ridiculous to see these guys battle through and their ending stats are just amazing. Um, yeah, I, I'm so excited to see them last more innings to go more innings to get past that. Oh, right. That awful first inning that they had that kind of screwed them over. Well, it's interesting that you bring up stats, especially from a colors, but even for Kitty today, um, that like, if you hadn't watched the game or followed the game and you just looked at McCullers stats, you would think, I mean, you would see five innings and think, that's eh, a little bit short, not as much in today's game as it would have been years ago. Um, because years ago they would pitch like complete games all the time or, you know, way more frequently, but now six is pretty common. But if you looked at his stats from that game, you would think, oh, McCullers had a good game. McCullers did not exactly. have a good game. No. He just made it a good outcome. And right. that feels like that kind of veteran mentality kind of thing, you know. And I want to go back and watch his interview, but I feel like at one point, Maldonado went out there in the first inning, and I thought I saw him mouth, I'm just not feeling it today. So I wonder if there was a pitch that was just off, and he knew it, but he couldn't, but he kept trying to work at it or something, you know, mm -hmm. like. I bet you it was something that small in his game that he was messing with. Like it was that yeah. 24 <laughs> weight of right. the ball yeah. or something. Who knows? Yeah. Well, you know, and it's also a new ball this season. Yeah. And the, I mean, MLB always denies everything when it comes to the balls that they right. make, but it's supposedly to limit the number of home. Didn't seem to, Astros did not get the memo on that one. Well, they, um, I think but, they easily had one home run the entire series. They, I can't even remember. Oh yeah, uh, Rayleigh gave up a homer. You're right. I see. I couldn't even like magically recall that. No. That's funny. And it's not even. You know, Oakland is kind of can be really windy. Can be really dry. So it's not like a playing in Colorado where you're just gonna be 
hitting, I think the Rockies hit four homers in one inning the other day, you know. Um, okay, well, that's it. Yeah, that's, I, I didn't know that Maldi and McCullers had had that convo, so I feel like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm, I'm just curious. So what, what about you? What, what do you think about the maturity of the team and how it's going to affect us this season? I mean, I, you know, I, I think, um, I think about two things a lot. When Brantley first came aboard, they purposely put his locker next to Springer's because Springer's was known to be not like wild, but like he's like a little kid in a lot of ways, which is great. But when sometimes he would swing wildly or kind of be very streaky and one of the what I had read was that one of the reasons they put Uncle Mike next to Springer was because Uncle Mike is very calm, very quiet, a very different persona. And it was supposed and apparently obviously it did help him. They became very close friends. And apparently now Uncle Mike and Altuve have lockers next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't, you know, it to me that's interesting because I think Altuve has been, I mean, he was with the scene when they were losing a hundred games. Um, so, you know, he, he is an, of a vet status, but it's interesting to see, I think that they, those guys even still find ways to learn, you know, or to recognize that, yes, I'm a vet, but maybe I went through this that I didn't expect to go through in my career. And now I kind of have to change the path that I was thinking about. Um, but also Correa, we've talked a lot about Correa being the leader of this team and, you know, he's not playing right now. He, he's not playing like he, he's owed the contract he thinks he does. Right. I read somewhere, I think sums it up pretty well. Correa is a $30 million a year talent, but plays like a $20 million a year guy. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I think, but I think it's pretty accurate. And I think that's why there's been so much, there's such a big difference in what the Astros offered and what he wants. And right now, if the season ended right now, I firmly believe the Astros would be able to extend him because yeah. he would not be getting a lot of calls. Yeah. However, that leader aspect he's offered in particular last season, but over the last two seasons, that's hard to put a dollar amount on. Mm-hmm. And if Correa is truly not going to be here next season, which most likely he won't, but I won't say for sure. No. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I'm looking at how the weekend has started. He's not, he's been, all want him and Maldonado are like the weakest ones in the lineup right now mm-hmm. um there has to be there have to be guys who can replace that leadership that Correa will take with him you know so I I think that seeing that dispersed around the entire club mm-hmm. is is a really really good sign for us not for this season but for the future as well yeah one last thing about Correa and then we'll we'll talk about something else but um even even his defense he had an error right he had one error all of last year and he got it in game what two three yeah yeah i mean it it really makes you wonder how the contract is affecting his mind yeah yes yes that's that's not a like did you for yourself (laughs) yeah you really did you and i mean again like i do think the astros offers were low we still don't know because, of course, well, <laughs> for those of you who don't follow as closely as we do, but if you happen to listen to the last episode, literally when we finished recording, the news broke that they hadn't reached the extent because that happens to us. Like, I'm waiting to see what is announced as soon as we finish today. But, you know, I, I yeah, I think it's putting pressure on him for sure. Yeah. I really do. It's, it's a bad start for him, you know. Yeah. 
my source, which, okay, that's my sister too. She said <laughs> that she saw something that they, after the six years, 120, they offered him five, 125. That's correct. Oh, really? Okay. I was going to say, I never saw that, but. Yeah. He said that in his interview. Yeah. I mean, the, obviously the Astros and Click had nothing to say about it, but yes, that is Correa said that, which is actually more money a year. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it just shows though that how much the Ash, it, to me, it, it's kind of what we've been saying that the biggest concern was how many years did he want on his contract? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, right now that's he, 25 million. That's, that's right in the middle. Why, why wouldn't you, but it's because it's five years and not exactly 10. at that point, you're probably better off signing for a two year deal when that way it'll end when you're 28 and you still have a good amount of years left than you are signing the five year deal. But yeah, I mean, we'll say too much more about it, but yeah, to me, if the season ended right now, Correa would be going back and knocking on Cliff's door. Yeah, and let's hope that happens, but then not hope that happens, but then... Yeah, like, I want you to have a good season. <laughs> I want us to get a ring. I want you to succeed, yeah. but I also want it to be, like, and I want us to, like, give you more money, but I want it, I, I, you know, I want it to, everybody wins. Give me yes. my ring, give me my Correa. Give Korea his money. You know, why can't why can't we all have that? You know, why can't we all win? That's the <laughs> just like just like this four and team that we have. Why can't we all win? Exactly. Um, and speaking of the team, did some really smart. Uh, they had some smart base running. They had some smart plays. And if you watched Friday's game at all, it was an entire the entire thing was a highlight reel. Yeah. There's so many good plays. Do you want to talk about it? Which one was your favorite? Talk about one of them. Well, I'll talk about the first one we have listed. I'll leave the second one. For, I'll let you talk about the second one because I know you're itching to talk about it early. But so Brian Abreu came in because Christian Javier couldn't pitch. I think he only lasted three and a third. So three innings and one out, something like that. Very, very short. In Javier's offense, uh, de defense, excuse me. He had long innings to sit in between because they were scoring so many runs. He did. And if I remember correctly, I think he should have been able to get out of it, but there was some not great defense at one point. So I don't think he would have lasted much longer, but I think he could at least finish the third or fourth, right. whatever it was. Go ahead. Back to your story. So Brian Abreu comes in. I don't remember. I think it was like probably his last. I think he pitched two innings, two, maybe a little over. Um, but so he's pitching, doing, doing really well, um, but getting into not, you know, he, he labored, he worked very hard, probably a little too hard, but he pitches a guy, I don't remember who was hitting, uh, hits it back to the pitcher or, or Abreu fields the ball, mm -hmm. but Yuli, because he's supposed to, cause you try, you, you don't want the pitcher to field a lot of balls. It's, you don't, you, you want to try to avoid that so they don't get injured. That's not their their main job so you know if like a ball is popped up the pitcher is supposed to get out of the way things like that mm -hmm. but um so Yuli ran off first to go field the ball but Abreu got it but because Abreu got it and Yuli had gotten off first no one was there to cover the base so A's guy is booking it down the line and Abreu's running to first and he slides to touch first base with his foot and get the out it was so awesome it was, was just it, it really it really was laying out for your team at that point it you know you probably don't really want your pitcher doing that but like it was so smooth too he looked very sure of what he was going to do yes you know it was it was Chet Stedman 
losing his arm and having to run <laughs> to first base. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was kind of almost like a little, like a movie clip, yeah. you know, you just, that's just not a common, we're freaking out because you don't, I don't think I've ever seen that before, ever. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I have either. I've never seen a pitcher actually get the out by right. picking it themselves. So Brian Abreu, congrats to him for that. Yeah. The other um, Brian Abreu one from Friday night was when um, Correa caught um, a ground out and he was going to have to make a double play himself. So he was going to have to tag the runner and then throw to first. Correa threw, or he picked up the ball and he ran smack into the um, A's going to the second base. So he killed him. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. it looked like a tackle, like his helmet fell off his head. Uh, and then he threw the ball to first. Watching Brian Abreu to that play, he like, he screamed. And as he screamed, the gum flew out of his mouth. <laughs> and he had a lot of gum too. That guy chews a lot it. of gum. Yeah, I did watch it. Yeah. it. It was it was really funny. So um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Abreu. I liked seeing how he came out this season, especially after having no uh, professional time last year. I, I really appreciated what he did or what he was able to do on Friday night. Abreu was definitely has definitely at a point where if he didn't make it happen this year, it, that was it. Right. He, he's not, he's, he's had, Brent Strom has not been happy with how he has approached preparing for spring training and, and preparing for the game. It seems like a little laissez-faire about it. So this was it for Brian, in my opinion, for Brian Abreu. And he has shown he wants he wants to make this happen you know in his first outing so but talk about the big one the one that's <laughs> most awesome so this is this is awesome in that this is probably the first time that MLB has posted an Astros play in in a couple of years now um so typically so okay let's start Altuve was on third base we had one out yes Okay, Altuve was on third base. We had one out. Kyle Tucker was up to bat. Typically, you're looking for a sack fly or some way to get the runner home from third. So this is for our, our little newbies. For if you have a sacrifice fly, the person hits that Kyle Tucker would have hit the ball to the outfield would have given Altuve enough time to run home. So you have to tag first base and or you have to tag third base and then run home. So Kyle Tucker hits the ball. You immediately see that it's an infield pot fly. The second baseman goes to catch it. He catches it. He holds it in his glove for about two seconds. He realizes that Altuve is running. So Altuve is running home at this point. He throws the ball as hard as he can. Altuve beats him by a half second. It was the most amazing, like mind-blowing thing that you would have ever seen just because, first of all, who has the guts <laughs> to yeah. go from third base to home on an infield pop fly? And second off, he made it. It worked. <laughs> it, it, it was, I think Dusty said it was the shortest sack fly he's ever seen, which is saying a lot. Think yeah. of how, you know, all the players Dusty watched growing up. And then when Dusty came into the game, I don't know what year he debuted, but Dusty, Dusty 70 something, he won a yeah. World Series with the Dodger. Dusty's been around the game, he's friends with Hank Aaron. Like Dusty's been, and to say that's the shortest sack fly, that, that tells you a lot that that. <laughs> I think Tuna just accidentally turned on the disposal. <laughs> she left, sometimes her nose will touch it. That's like terrifying for me because I'm always worried Stevie's hand will be in the sink when she does it. But I just heard it. I just heard Tuna. Um, 
but <laughs> anyways um yeah that was to me I think what excited the fans so much about that play is one it's showing Altuve's knee because Altuve had a knee fracture in 2018 and he's never really shown he, he didn't he he used to steal a lot he used to run the bases like swipe the bases a lot and he, he never really came back from that in 2019 or 2020 but he looks so fast and he's 31 you know and he still looks super fast and also was so smart we were at that point we were up five to one mm-hmm. why not risk it at that if you if you get out yeah, it sucks because that'll be the third out, but you have a five to one lead at that point. It's the per, and you not only did you see how Andrews waited, Andrews himself was also older. He, mm-hmm. You know, let's see if he can throw it from where he's at. You know, I think, I think they said that you're they were looking at someone with 13 years experience against somebody with 10 years experience. That it was, I mean, they're both vets in this game, yeah, right. And and Andrews did not, I mean. You can't, I don't think you can fully fault him because why would he think to immediately release the ball? Because who, like we've said, it's just not, he was just so, he was basically standing on the dirt of the infield. That's not, that's not when you run. You run when it's like, looks like it, you know, sometimes if you're a casual fan and you're at the ballpark and you see a guy hit a ball and you think it's a home run and it's an out, that's how far out you normally wait for a sack fly. Mm -hmm. But I, and it worked out because the A's ended up, so that put us up 6-1, and they ended up coming back and scoring four runs. So going into the eighth, ninth inning, we were only winning by a run. We And then we ended up scoring three in the ninth. So that that Altuve risk at that point up until the ninth inning was potentially what decided the game. Yes. So it, it was, it's, it's massive in a lot of ways, you know, to feel confident and Altuve, you know, see, I mean, he had a huge smile on his face afterwards. Yes. He was know? so proud of himself. <laughs> I think Tucker probably had the biggest smile, saved his ass, you know, like you're, you come on, man, you got to do something better than that. And he at least gave him an RBI. So, right. right. Yeah. Know. That was, it was awesome. Um, Friday night's game was a highlight reel. I, I really enjoyed it. I can't think of any other like smart risks over the, the series. Those were kind of- I mean, we didn't really even need them because, you know, it, I, I mean, you can maybe say Dusty leaving Belak in for as long as he, for four innings today is a risk, but no, he he threw only 44 pitches. He never, a guy never got on base against him. Our bullpen was tired. So I, I just feel like that Altuve play is a perfect summary of the entire series. It was risky. It was smart. It was old school. It was, you know, reaffirming, re-showing that they're still the same guys with the same abilities. It was fun. You know, it, it was, it, it was a game changer potentially yeah. if we had not scored, it would have been the winning run of the game. Yeah. And I, and if that's, if that's the type of way they play this, the season, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see me in a maid in October. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's talk about Bregman a little bit. Let's switch to Bregman. He looked. I think I told you that he just had so much confidence in his first at bat, and he just looked so good. Um, his stance looks stable, I guess, compared to mm-hmm. last year. Um, I think I was showing um, Ian some pictures of 
this is how he batted home runs last year and this is what he looks like now and you can definitely see a difference yeah what did you think I mean, I, I think the scene, I watched the clip of his first home, his first home he hit two this, this series. It, I, I mean, it's very, it's in, I mean, I guess we shouldn't be shocked that adding, that adding muscle would help his swing. But then, you know, of course, it's such a balance, like we've talked about, like, you know, you don't want so much weight, so you like pictures, you know, like, because that's putting a lot of weight on your knees and how they land and stuff. But that swing was so so smooth someone commented that Kyle Tucker has the most beautiful ugly swing in baseball even though it feels very like Ted Williams ish but I would describe Bregman's swing as just very beautiful it's so smooth It, it just looks like it's like I don't know like putting a knife through moose you know like it just feels that way when I watch it you know if that makes sense. Like, it's just no, no resistance to him, you know? What always surprises me about him is that, like, if you watch the other players, if you watch Yuli, you see that they've got a really fast swing. Yeah. But it just looks like it's one motion for Bregman. It doesn't look fast. It doesn't look slow. It just looks like it's just supposed to be right there. Yeah. So I've always thought about him. It's very controlled throughout the entire strike zone. And what I mean by that is that, when Bregman is bringing his bat over the plate, there it you when you see it, you feel and know that, in terms of a physics kind of way, he, there's no no other type of resistance or weight taking that control from him. His entire body, I would guess, a lot of um, most of it would be like his core, because I know he put a lot of emphasis in his abs in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 he's just able to hold that bat it sounds so silly but that's just just like yeah that's I I think that his hot start is like a massive massive help to the to the team you know because Correa is not hitting right now so and we didn't know that Yuli would and then Uncle Mike went down yeah you know so it's a all around a good thing for Bregman and we're so happy that he's having such a good start. So is Bregman your MVP? I still couldn't pick an MVP, honestly, you know, I really, I mean, honestly, I probably would still pick Yuli. I just, I think that surprise factor of, you know, I never doubted that Altuve, especially after what he did in the playoffs, I never doubted that Altuve would be fine this season. I, I, I was extremely worried about Yuli, yeah. extremely. Not that I thought he would have, like, as bad of a season last year, but, like, when we're used to seeing this guy hit, like, 270, you know? I mean, I think in, he led the team in RBIs, what, 2018, 2019, you know? Yeah. He, he was just constantly hitting guys in and bringing them home. And I was really worried for him, and I really hope he sustains it. Um, but he's probably my MVP, especially at the bottom of the line. Usually the bottom of the lineup, you, you don't have guys. That's where you put the guys who don't hit as well. Your catcher. Traditionally, catchers don't hit well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you put the guys who, who aren't your Altuve's, who aren't your Bregman's. You know, but he's at the bottom right now because our lineup is so good. Yeah. I would switch him to Korea, though. they might they might you never know really might yeah they really i i well you know yuli probably hits better behind alvarez anyway so if they move alvarez i think we see yuli get moved yeah um 
I was going to say something, ask you a question, and I totally forgot. Well, oh, I know what it was. So yesterday, Bregman had off, and then Uncle Mike got injured in the first inning. Luckily, good news, it's, he, she, it's just a couple of days, he'll be back. And I was really scared. I was like, oh, man, because Altuve, at, up to that point, I mean, yeah, they had been doing well, but, but most of the runs had been hit or scored by Altuve, Brantley, and Bregman, so yeah. first three guys in the lineup. So then yesterday, it was like, crap, like, we're missing two guys, and I got kind of worried. But then no problem, you yeah. know? So how, do you, how did you feel? Like, what did you think when you saw, like, the lineup? Like, that's when the guys kind of – other guys started turning it on when we lost uncle mike for the game and bregman had the day off it was it was very different from what we've seen in years past where if one guy goes down the whole team kind of just it almost felt like they gave up last Mm -hmm. last year specifically but um this year it just seems like they just kept on going they just wanted to continue the motion or continue the the winning streak and get it so I like the somebody's going to step up, somebody's going to have your back mentality mm-hmm. that they've shown in the first four games. That's a really good point because we have seen pretty much since 2017, if Altuve is having a bad month, like yeah, I think there was even one month. month in 2017 where like Altuve had a bad month or he was out or something and we had a losing record that month. It's crazy how much that team correlates and oscillates with, with Altuve. If Altuve is not doing well, the team is not doing well, yeah. you know, but I, that was very evident last year too. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know? And so it, it's to your point, it's kind of reassuring already that like, you know, here are two of your best hitters out for the lineup and is it going to be that situation where like oh well because they're doing bad we're or they're not here then we're not here consider this a loss exactly exactly that was the first inning you know and then and then the guy who replaced Brantley it's her first major league game okay well yeah I guess we'll at least we won two already you wouldn't be booing this one but um that's that's a really good point for that you're saying is like they yeah. all kind of it maybe, maybe we won't have to worry about that as much because yeah. I think right now Brantley and Altuve could be a pretty fun competition for the batting title absolutely I really like Brantley in that two hole too I think that he did a really good job um well when he was there if for those that didn't see yesterday he got hit in the first inning on his wrist they thought it might be broken um it is not so he's day-to-day I think he comes back Tuesday if I read that right. They're going to try to. I think they're just kind of, that's the goal. We do have Wednesday off. McCormick has been doing well. That's the guy who yeah. replaced him. So I could see where if it's like, you know, McCormick does well tomorrow. And then if he's Uncle Mike is still kind of iffy, it's early in the season. Give him the break. Give And that way he has Wednesday off. And then, he, and then you're back home, which mm-hmm. traditionally you play better in your home. Well, 2017, no. But you usually – in 2019 playoffs, no. Um, but you usually are better at home anyways. So I think this happened to Brantley last year, too. I think he had a bit of a – he had a foot injury or something early on in the season, and he, he worked through it. So – He's a, yeah. He's going to get through whatever. He's going to take the time that he needs to to get healthy. Yes. Yeah. Last year was Joe Kelly's fault. But mm-hmm. last year there was more of a need. He needed to come back sooner because they only played 60 games. Right. We have, what, like 158 games left. He can, yeah. he can take off 
you know, especially since McCormick, McCormick had what two hits today, including a three run homer. Oh, yeah. So we talk about how as yeah, Chaz McCormick, you know, we say it's like a saved by the bell kind of name. So yeah. we send each other saved by the bell gifts, which you know, <laughs> RIP Dustin Diamond. Um, no, we're not we're not caring about Screech. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, last question before we bring in the Marisnik Minute. Yeah, the return, season two, finally the return of the Marisnik Minute. So one thing I used to tell my dad when I followed more, when the Astros weren't really winning, but the Rangers were, I used to tell my dad a lot, the Astros are a five-inning team. Like, there was that period in the, in like, 2010s, kind of early 2010s, where, like, they play well at the beginning, and then it would just totally fall apart. Kind of like 2015, like, against the Royals when we actually almost won the ALDS and we yeah. were up like six runs and then we, we in the game five and then we blew it kind of like that but in 2017 I started of course started telling my dad this is a nine inning team I mean I'm trying I'm thinking of one game I think maybe it was in Minnesota we were down like eight runs and in the eighth inning we came back and went ahead and we ended up winning the game like 15 to something something crazy he scored like eight runs in one inning in the eighth inning so I was like we're a nine inning team where you could never count us out I know it's still really early but what well based on these four games how do I how good do you feel about the Astros continuing that tradition of being a ninth inning team do you think that they can do that I think they can I think they really proved it they scored 10 runs over not in the ninth inning alone over the last four games that is amazing that's that's just showing that even if I have the lead because they never gave up the lead in any of the games they still wanted to score they still wanted to get on base it didn't matter where they were in the lineup either um so I really compared to, I don't I hate comparing to 2020. I feel like 2020 shouldn't have even happened, but mm -hmm. as many, like you said, we didn't score at all after the eighth inning if we were down, like that's, we never won those games. So to have this back, to be that nine inning team again is amazing. I'm, I'm really happy about it. And I think that we can continue it. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, I mean, I know you shouldn't compare 27 and 2019 a lot because like we keep saying there's so much randomness in baseball and the nationals were a very good, I mean, not so much the first couple of months, but after that we had basically the same, they had the same record as us. So they were a very, very good team, mm -hmm. but you know, it, sometimes it was just like a disbelief because the 2019 was on paper mm -hmm. and on record wise better than the 2017. So it was so hard to accept Right. But one of the big differences, in my opinion, was is that what I just described, like you're down in the eighth by eight runs. No problem. I still don't even necessarily feel worried. And the 2019, if we were losing by the eighth inning, we didn't win a single one of those games, including game seven. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, in all this like deep searching I'm, I always do why did we lose 2019 because I can't let it go and I need like massive <laughs> therapy for it like I need game seven therapy that's it needs to like you know how like grief counseling there needs to be game seven counseling maybe you need um, like an electric shock or something <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> I'm fully expecting multiple texts from the people who listen to be like yeah uh, <laughs> So, but maybe that, uh, may, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's still early on, but 
it needs to be that confidence that you're never out of it. Yeah. Never, ever, ever out of it. I'm truly digging the vibe of the first four games. I'm, I'm digging that they're, they have ear, earbuds in or whatever they need to do to get through the booing. Um, I'm excited about this year. Yeah. Maybe it's Grinky sitting on a towel and a yoga <laughs> pose and moment all by himself. Love that guy. Well, yeah, you, like you said, we're still showing that we're still here, which is the theme of today's episode. And still here is our Marisnik Minute, which is coming up next. Yeah. All right. All right. So we're here with the Marisnik Minute, our first one of season two. We're super excited to have Stevie back. Um, also, congrats to our boy, Jake Marisnik, who is with the Chicago Cubs this season. So happy he found another team. We'll always root for that guy. So yes. Stevie, take it away. Our first uh, Marisnik Minute of 2020. <laughs> I'm so excited. Obviously, I'm excited about Jake all the time. And so even though this one isn't kind of featured on him, I just need to make sure everyone knows before we start that like, no one's Jake, doubted. I love you. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> you know, no. Jake has your heart. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not going anywhere. He's a real catch. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyways, it is really exciting. It's so exciting that the season is starting and um, that baseball is back into here. All of those familiar sounds that we didn't hear before um, but not only the cracking of the bat, but also the sounds on the radio, because as you guys know, um, Annalisa and I listen to it on the radio most of the time instead of on TV. But regardless, it's just kind of like nice to have that buzz in the background and to have that familiar feel. Moreover, because there are fans in the stands this year. So it's, it's really exciting to have that energy. Of the same accord, it's really unexciting to have all of the negativity and the booing. And I am a really competitive person. I really like to win and have a game, but I really have never been able to stand that booing situation. And it really bothers me a lot because I think it distracts from what baseball is. Like we use baseball as this um, escape and it's something really nice and fun for us to do when we're not doing our jobs. And I really do enjoy a good rivalry. Mm -hmm. For example, I have some really close friends who are basically family and they are Red Sox um, fans. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm like stuttering. I can't even get the words out of my <laughs> mouth because it's like so difficult to digest. Um, but I enjoy that. I enjoy that rivalry and I enjoy that kind of back and forth because they anticipate the same. So when they give something, they expect it. But the booing that we've been seeing has been, um, in my opinion, bad taste. And it definitely, did, I'm not really um, sure why someone would pay so much money to go to a game and destroy everyone's experience, including their own. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been kind of a, a sticky subject lately, specifically for us Astros. Um, and I think even with teams I detest, I don't enjoy that. I think it's weird for Yankees fans. I mean, whoever's team, whatever, I'm sorry, right. whoever's team. So, um, I think that standing up for unity is really important. And I really liked how the MLB has come to bat as it were for standing up against Asian hate and against the Georgia voting laws and really kind of, 
hearing from a lot of different teams, you know, the Twins and the Reds and the Cardinals, like so many different teams talking about that. So I think it's really exciting to hear MLB kind of saying like, no, we really think it's important to actually speak up about this because like any national um, sports franchise, we have had some ups and downs, but I think it's nice that to see them standing up for, for those things. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you think? Do you agree with MLB? So for reference listeners, um, the, all-star game was supposed to be played in Atlanta this season. Um, it happens in July was when that, and like Stevie said, um, as a way to condone the Georgia law that just passed restricting voting rights, MLB has decided to move the game out of Atlanta. And mm-hmm. it's been met with a mixed reaction. Um, like Colin McHugh's wife was like, even though she's very liberal, but she's from Atlanta, very against it saying like people are losing their job will not make money and I think she's a small business owner but people like Dusty Baker were very happy I think Stacey Abrams was actually against the move because of the loss of money for right. the city and stuff so what do yeah, you think all over the board what do you think Noah? it's mixed emotions because I get that I mean when the freeze happened people were saying oh well you voted those guys in this is your fault you you deserve what you get so I understand it from the residents point of view but at the same time I like the idea of MLB taking a stand and I wish that if more companies had done that to start with they wouldn't be in this situation so there's it's it's definitely a mixed emotions for me kind of situation I com- I, yeah I completely agree it's I just think it's nice to hear it either way because I think it's really easy for people to stand back and use silence as standing back and saying, I don't want to get involved. But like, of course we get involved and make mistakes and stuff. I just think it's nice to enter the conversation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you look back at the history, like even before um, Jackie Robinson, Bud Fowler, like that was like right when the Civil War was happening. And then like, after that, Jackie Robinson didn't get really initiated and have, the Dodgers didn't really have their first game until 1945. And that was like almost 20, like, that was just like almost, I don't know, it was a really long time because the first one, I put Bud Fowler down as being 1878 is when he came in and was playing. And so the, you know, baseball has always been trying to kind of push those boundaries and I think I know it's a controversial topic and I you know again with the booing like some people are into that and that's their form of rivalry that I said that I like and that's just how they do it mm-hmm. but um I just kind of I guess like my biggest thing was that like COVID's been kind of hard for all of us and I think all of us are a little spent and this is a really great opportunity for us to kind of be excited and enjoy something and I kind of wanted to focus the narrative on positive rather than the negative yeah yeah Yeah. for sure I mean I think like I mean I think especially for us like you know obviously we're talking the group most affected are, are black Americans who are you know have been denied true voting rights along with true social justice economic justice equality everything um since the start of this country you know but as minorities as well you know like i think you're right like robert ford wrote regardless of whatever decision mlb made it was going to be political if they didn't do anything it'd be political if they did something would be political and i think in that point they made the right choice i i I agree with you nana had they 
have these companies, not just MLB, but Coca-Cola, Delta, had they done something before the bill mm-hmm. was passed, we probably wouldn't be sitting here, you know, or hopefully would, but at least we would have known that you were trying to take a stand, you know, before all this, because I do feel slightly that it's MLB waiting a little too long, but I, I do think ultimately totally. it's the decision. I agree with as well. And I think Nana, that's a really good point. And, you know, obviously living in a Southern state, but being, you know, I don't even classify myself as a Democrat, I classify myself as a socialist, you know, like it sucks when people are like, well, this is what you get. You voted for these people. I'm like, but not really. Cause it's called gerrymandering. It's called restricting <laughs> access. I mean, not so much for us right. because we live by wealthy neighborhoods. When I drive on voting days, when I drive home, I can't tell you the amount of places that I have available yeah, to go right. vote. And then you see people waiting two, three hours to go vote. So I think at the end of the day, you know, MLB, in my opinion, Robert Ford is correct. They would, it would have been political and they chose the best political, the best option of support. But, yeah. you know, this, thank you for bringing this up and, yeah. you know, reminding us that how big baseball is. You, you know, know what I, speaking of that, you know what I read? And I fact checked this in multiple different places that Martin Luther King Jr. said in multiple different times that his work would not have been possible without Jackie Robinson. Wow. And he said that in multiple different circumstances, like both in like political circumstances and in, and speaking to baseball people. Um, and I, yeah, I didn't, I mean, I, I don't really think it's political, it's human rights, but I think it's great that, that it's, I agree. I think it's a little late. And like I said, it's sticky. There's a bunch of ups and downs. There's a bunch of terrible things. We all disagree on stuff, but positivity. Well, your Marisnik Minute fit right in with our theme of still here. You know, yeah. there are people still here fighting for their rights that should have been granted from day one. And as allies to the Black community, you know, that's important for us as well. But as even for baseball, you know, like we have the first Astros Pride game coming up in June. The Asian community. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's, we see these changes happening in baseball. And hopefully at some point they'll be one of the, you know, organizations at the start of it, you know. um, And I'm glad to see the Astros, you know. um, Pack. Yeah, exactly. So thank thank you for that. Very good. Hey, Stevie, I have one more question for you before you go. Okay, you know that we signed a new Jake. We signed a Jake Odorizzi. What are you going to do when they say Jake Day? I think that's really presumptuous, first of all. (laughs) I would borderline aggressive. Um, I'm not emotionally ready for that at all. I odor is he day. There are a lot of things we can say instead of that. Not, 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 not going to ring to it, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I call no. him Odie. I don't. I okay. Right when you ask Stevie her question, because we're in the room, so the doors closed, but Tuna's not in here. Literally, when you like question mark finish your question, we just heard Tuna go. Exactly, because she's empathetic and she understands. Oh Lord, why would you ask her disrupting that? the aura of the universe? Stop saying stuff like that. Listen, guys, I understand that Jake Marisnik is not the best outfielder in the whole world. I mean, defensive wise, I'm an outfield freak. I love it, and I just happen to really love the way he plays the game. So everyone can just get over it. I'm an outfield freak 
please mark that, Nena. <laughs> mark that, listeners. We will be bringing that back. Get <laughs> out, feel free. We need to make some t-shirts. <laughs> That's how you get pregnant. <laughs> I don't really need to go into detail. Thank you, Stevie, for coming in for our Marisnik Minute. We really enjoyed it, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks again to Stevie for that very powerful and important Marisnik Minute. Yeah. Um, good to keep us on track and remember what's important and what's what's relevant to, or how baseball is still relevant to other facets and more important facets of our life. Um, and nice bit of research too. Yeah, she's a great, I mean, if she didn't come with it for the first time and how long have right. we gone without a Marisic Minute? We would have had to fire her. And I, I like Jake Day, so. She basically just started like a four-game sweep. That's like, she just, that's the same, same vibes, same energy with that. She's had her little notebook with her notes. I saw them in there. It's so cute. She's saying, I'm not taking $120 million for six years. No, sorry. That's what she said. <laughs> this is about $30 million a year Marisic Minute right here. <laughs> Um, all right, so closing up, um, you know, we, I think the overall, we've talked a lot about important reasons why this team is playing cohesively and what, and how that could potentially be our biggest X factor down the line as we move forward. But even if that seems still like you're learning about it or things like that, a big takeaway over four games, we scored 35 runs, the A scored nine. So yeah. as if you, if baseball is not yet your thing, sure, you can understand those numbers. And baseball is your thing. If you're listening to this, even if you feel like you're still learning, a couple of you told me, I don't know a lot. I'm a beginner. Baseball yeah. is your thing. Yeah. You are a baseball fan. And, you know? and we're also hoping that that 35 to nine shows how good we are more than it shows how bad the A's are. <laughs> Well, I will find out in the next series, I think, when we play the Angels, because supposedly they're going to be, they're the ones that are predicted to win the, the West, right? So I've seen the A's and the Angels picked more often than the Astros. Yeah. I don't, I do think the Angels are a better team. Well, lineup wise, yeah. we'll see their pitching, which has been their, when I say Achilles heel, that's not really a thing. More like Achilles, like both legs, because it's just really not great. So we'll we'll see the test. But yes, that's what's coming up next. Um, Angels, do you believe the Angels are our biggest threat to our, our division title? I do, only because they have a healthy Otani. They have a healthy Trout. They have a healthy Rendon. They've got, I mean... Can you even count Pujol, who's in his 21st year, something like that? I mean, I don't know if he's going to be the greatest, but this is his farewell tour, so. Right, right. And we do hope the best for him. I mean, I don't want him to win, but, like, I hope yeah. he gets a couple more records, you know, yeah. cheer him on. Like, I mean, that's fantastic. 21 years in the game. I mean, you, know, you were just a monster for. I mean, for he he broke trip. two of our closers. <laughs> <laughs> he broke the Astros for a lot. He's he is affectionately known as the Astros killer. So yeah, it's not a sad day for us when he retires. But much congratulations on a, on a last season, and I'm glad he gets a full season. It wasn't last year, so many I congratulations. Do, I do think that they will be our biggest threat, but I don't really see them as a threat. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Damn, dude, that was so I can't help it. That was so chingona what you just did and said there like we don't even we're, oh, we're done we're done we're done sum it up 
we're still here, still on our chingona shit, fighting for our division title, fighting for rights. We may not stay up to 1 a.m. every night, though. Just no, keep no, in mind. Astros <laughs> up in dark, it's not happening. <laughs> that was, I don't. I'm still that tired. Was, yeah, that was, that was nuts. That was, guys, I stayed up till 1230. That was You guys did a row. As my mother just told me, I'm almost five years from 40. So that's not a thing that needs to be happening anymore. Driving two years from 40 and pregnant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt bad because I really, you sent me that, you showed that picture of you being tired. And I said, oh yeah, same. And I was like, wait, I don't, I don't have a human in my body. <laughs> I'm just being and a, I'm a four-year-old toddler and a four-year-old toddler running around you going <laughs> that part too. Yeah. So it's I'm the actual baby in this situation. <laughs> With that note, thank you for listening. Once again, um we will see you later. See you later. See you 